the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Is it already in January? It is. Very close to the end of January. Why do I say it like that? Time flies. And you work 40 years, and we're already through roughly one-twelfth of a year. And Didn't we just finish Christmas? Or weren't we just in the heat of that? It flies. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. A lot going on. This was one of those weekends where I've had a little bit of an ear infection. So I was taking it a little gingerly, a little bit of some goop in my eyes. Um... But that doesn't stop you from taking a look at the, you know, the news over the weekend and saying, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. What's going on in Europe? What's going on with Greece, and particularly with Russia and Ukraine? Some issues going on there. And I do want to talk about it for sure. Um, when your day starts off talking about the election results in Greece... You know that you're like, oh, this is not going to be a smooth one. We all like them smooth. Whatever it is in your life, like you want to sit on the toilet, you want it smooth. You want to go down a mountain skiing, you want it smooth. You go for a run, you want it smooth. It's not going to be a smooth one today. You start your day talking about the election results in Greece. You know things are a bit off kilter. Greece is just not relevant. It's basically the Rhode Island of the United States. That's what it is to Europe, but even smaller. Um, Greece seems to be having some big new sway, again, on capital markets, following news that the left-wing anti-austerity Syriza party won the parliamentary election, which basically they're the party that says, stay at home, we're going to cancel all the debt, you don't have to worry about this whole austerity thing. 
Uh, coming in third, the Nazi Party. Now, most of the Nazi Party in Greece is locked up for some corruption issues and such. They're not the Nazi Party that you think of the good old days of Nazi Party thinking. Um, but with that said, it's just a messed up country. The interesting element of the Greek election is not that the Syriza Party prevailed, polls suggested it would, but that it garnered more votes than expected, nearly capturing an absolute majority of the 300-seat parliament. It came up two seats shy, yet reports indicate it will ban with right-wing independent Greeks party, also an anti-austerity party, to form a coalition government. It is said the new government will work to rework the terms of the nearly $270 billion Greek bailout program, although the new 40-year-old Prime Minister Alexis Despers may very well find that it's easier to govern as a candidate for office than it is as an elected official. I once heard that someone say, you know, hey, somewhere in Alaska they elected a cat as mayor. True story. Right now there's a cat serving as mayor somewhere in Alaska. That um, you can't really mess it up. But we'll see. So the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, European Commission, the European Central Bank, they're not going to be pushed around easily by a Greek leader with a well-intentioned and populist rhetoric. So it's great headlines. We'll see what the reality feels like. So one could say that it's a sign of the times. The Greek election outcome isn't as worrisome as some thought it would be. That's pretty true, because the market's not tanking at this point in time. The ECB already got out ahead of the Greek election headlines by cutting interest rates and doing a quantitative easing program last week. The ECB put it in play, so kind of saying, you know, hey, things are uncertain, but we're ahead of it. So what happens in and around Greece in the coming weeks, and certainly in the data coming out of the Eurozone in future weeks and months, is going to help answer that question. This is a big earnings week for the record. Big earnings week. Um, it's the biggest earnings week of the earnings season. Earnings season comes every 90 days. One that I'm looking most forward to, uh, Apple, and probably Microsoft number two. So Microsoft reports today after the close. The capital markets are in digestion mode right now. Not only do we get a lot of earnings this week to help us digest and figure out where we go, we get a lot of economic data. First look at fourth quarter GDP. An FOMC meeting that will provide a new policy directive on Wednesday. Big snowstorm hit in the northeast today. It's a pretty big snowstorm. It, it's basically covering, it looks like, from Washington, D.C. all the way up to Maine and pretty deep into the, the country. It's coming up the Atlantic seaboard. And, uh, it, you know, as it hits more into land, it, it loses power. But it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch uh, because the East Coast doesn't handle rain or snow very well at all. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, average American's net worth. Um, pretty hardcore. Under saving for retirement. 
I think that's going to be one of those big stories. A lot of people don't know worth how to calculate their net worth, but if you're 35 years old, um, your average net worth is about $6,600. If you're 35 to 44, your average net worth is about $35,000. Around the age of 45 to 54, it's $84,000. Age 55 to 64, 143000 Age 65 plus $170,000. That's not good. It's not a healthy stance to take of not knowing your net worth, but the reality is even worse. Net worth is calculated by taking everything you own, cars, houses, investments, and subtracting out everything you owe, college loans, mortgages, credit card debt. For the purposes of talking about this, let's not put life insurance policies in here or value of furniture or jewelry, although you may have a lot of furniture in your house. Um, it's pretty humbling to see how little people are saving for retirement. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Money, investing, and more. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. We can talk money, we can talk investing, we can talk much, much more. Um... Earning season. I like earning season enormously. I basically will spend this week with about three hours of sleep every night or less, listening to conference calls, kind of getting up to speed on what companies are saying and why. Average selling prices, gross margins, revenue increases, things that mean something to me. Um, Mattel CEO is resigning. Toy Maker is going to miss another quarter. So... Um, that's a comment you just got to wonder, like, how come they don't have more cuts? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Give me a little bit. A little under the weather. Uh, just infections, it feels like. Just bleh. 800 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. Or drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. A big old storm is getting ready to rock and roll across the East Coast and airlines are canceling flights. So you've got an airline ticket for travel today, and your flight may already be canceled. 3,500 plus flights canceled. Now airlines kind of take into account for this, and part of the whole um, bill of rights that was created for airline passengers is one of the reasons flights get canceled so fast, because they don't want you at the airport, they don't want you on the tarmac, they don't want you in the plane, because ultimately they can't get fined for any of those. 
United Nations' second busiest carrier said it expected a halt to all of its Tuesday operations at several of the region's busiest airports. Um, big storm going to hit the East Coast this afternoon. Now, in typical big storm East Coast fashion, it might miss. <laughs> Maybe it's it's too warm and just, it's a rainstorm. Seems to be a, a bit of an issue predicting weather on the East Coast at times of where does the rain line, snow line start and stop. Gasoline is at a six-year low. The bottom is in sight. It has been a stunning and very pleasurable drop for gas prices if you're a commuter. Not so much if you're a country like Venezuela or not so much if you're, you know, uh, different parts of the pipeline. <laughs> pipeline. Uh, pipeline companies obviously getting hit by this, but there's other areas too. And, um, you know, the whole Texas area, they're getting kind of hit hardest in the United States, North Dakota, Montana. Do we feel bad for them? No. Because that's not what we do as a nation. We kind of like look at our neighbors and we care more about them. The average price of gasoline in the United States fell 13.3 cents in the last two weeks. Um, prices for regular grade gasoline fell to $2.07 a gallon. Whoa. The recent drop has taken prices down by more than a buck twenty-four for the same period last year. Publisher Lundberg notes that the drop in pump prices was less steep than it had been in previous periods and that the price that many wholesale customers paid for gasoline rose in the past 10 days. So the bottom looks like it should be being put into place right here, right now. If uh, we're to believe everything that, you know, doesn't, nothing takes a turn for the worst out there. And it could. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about. Uh, risks are rising for Apple right now because analysts are expecting a blowout quarter. Now, that's one of the things you have to deal with as an investor. It's like, blowout quarter sounds good. Wrong. Blowout quarter means that it's kind of expected. Um... If I come into the relationship with you and go, I've got all my teeth, I'm a chef, I can speak 14 languages, I can play the piano with my feet, you're going to be like, whoa, this is a good guy to know. I'm in. But then the reality starts to, to kick in a little bit and you kind of start seeing some cracks in the, the story. So that's what is the big risk on Apple at this point in time. So, Apple's going to have to materially beat expectations in its results. Uh, and they will. This is considered to be the first quarter that Apple will sell more phones in China than it does in the United States. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. U.S. consumer has it all, much like Adele. We have it all. And when we don't have it, we just put it on credit cards. So there's an analyst named Maynard Um of Wells Fargo. She's saying that Apple has to materially beat expectations. So revenue is about $69.1 billion expected. Do the math on that. Times that by four, and you know, 
70 billion dollars times 200 you're talking about 280 billion dollars a year again this is their best quarters that's kind of tough to say but it's a company that pulls in a trillion dollars in revenue on a five-year basis it's pretty stunning um, Apple's other categories performance will only matter if the iPhone unit remains status quo and that bears closely watching iPhone sales particularly now some analysts they all basically have an outperform uh, a buy a couple of analysts have come out and gone a little neutral on it recently the big thing with Apple this quarter will be we're going to be watching the margins because with the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus they did something kind of tricky and I, I say this with peace and love with gratitude and respect that a 16 gigabit phone is a little bit on the ghetto side if that's all the storage you have, that's like a couple movies, 100 pictures, 15 apps. And then you start getting into problems. You can't upgrade your software because you don't have enough space. It, it turns into an issue. <clears throat> so that's how Apple is raising their margins. They're making the base phone pretty much so useless to anyone who wants to really use and get into the the features that they're they're packing into it. You gotta go with the sixty-four gig or the hundred and twenty-eight gig of storage model, and that ups the, the price of the ticket enormously. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's also a smart thing to do if like I said, we have it all. If you're selling to a consumer that says, eh, two hundred dollars next I'll have it for two years, psh, what's an extra five dollars a month? You know, when you start building it in like that, people, you know, people will go and, and run with it and say, I might as well spend the extra money, right? Starbucks coffee, record sales this quarter. People are willing to pay the price for their coffee. But there's some Starbucks hacks out there. Hacks being a, a way of getting something done more efficiently or cheaper. Uh, like an iced latte hack, instead of ordering a grande iced latte priced at $3.95, you can get a double shot of espresso over ice in a grande cup and just add milk for free over at the condiment bar. Um, saves you a buck fifty. So no difference in taste at all. I love it when people figure this stuff out. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
apps seem to be the truest, most static form of communication the Internet's had for a while now. Japanese online retailer bought Viber for $900 million. Chinese e-commerce Bimeth Alibaba picked up a company called Tango for $280 million. Facebook picked up WhatsApp for $21.8 billion. WeChat, the hugely popular Chinese service run by the internet giant Tencent, is the ideal model for building a business and messaging. The app has 500 million monthly active users who not only send image-related messages, but play games and book car rides and plane tickets on uh, the app. Um, a lot of media is going to be going through apps like a Snapchat, where ESPN wants you to see a commercial for their product, or CNN, or Vice. It'll be original content, but they also want it to go away so that you don't have access to it and can replay it numerous times. 40% of mobile subscribers in the United States use an instant messaging app on their phones at least once a month. I think the number's actually much higher than that. The use of mobile messaging apps grew 103% last year. So if you're in media distribution, for instance, you could sign up for a music service and you can get a, a Weezer song pumped out to your phone. And then it disappears after you've heard it once. Do you want to buy a ticket for the upcoming concert? Do you want to own the song? It's pretty savvy how app messaging is trending and the stories behind it. Let's talk a little financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, you are a financial planner. One of the things you try to do is bulletproof a retirement plan. One of the things that everyone knows is in retirement that long-term care insurance can be kind of expenses, expensive. But what are some of the other expenses people need to account for? Inflation. I mean, inflation is the biggest one. So, for example, a couple of years ago when Social Security um, had its first year where they didn't increase the benefit for people, right? Uh, we still had a double-digit uh, growth in cost for Medicare Part B, which comes right out of a Social Security check. Um, and then the year before that, there was a double-digit growth as well, um, which ate up more than the cost of living increase that was in Social Security. So inflation is the biggest one. When you're in your 80s, you don't eat out as much. You don't go on as many cruises and things like that. It's, so it's your health care cost that causes the biggest amount of inflation. So when I'm running a financial plan, most costs are going to run at 3 3.5% minimum right. price increase in, in retirement. But you're, you've got to project out your health care costs and growing at 5 to 6%. With that said, that's not sexy. I think a lot of us delay thinking about retirement because retirement's not sexy. And then when we're in retirement, we really don't want to deal with these issues because yeah. it's, it's well, you know what I'm saying by sexy. It's just it's something we don't want to talk about. Well, the other thing is, is taxes that you've got to plan for. Taxes aren't sexy at all. Now, again, but, my assumption is I'm an old person. I'm not going to be paying a lot of taxes, but that's a false assumption. Well, yeah. I mean, if the dividend and capital gains tax is a tax that's likely to increase. I yep. mean, capital gains were at 27% when I got into this business, and it... 10 years you know, after the, I got into it, we went in this huge bull market. So that's one tax. And the dividend taxes, which a lot of my clients are benefiting from the low tax rates on dividends and capital gains, that could change. It will change. Um, Income taxes, 
the, the lowest income tax could go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sales taxes in the state of California, it's ridiculous. You know, if you have a million dollars retirement and anything you spend money on in retirement is nine and a half, ten percent, you really only have nine hundred thousand dollars in retirement uh, just from the sales tax alone in the state of California. Or let's say you were a diligent saver, you ran a business, um, you've got a nice income in retirement. Well, guess what? Because of basically a success type of tax, you're going to pay twice as much for your Medicare Part B insurance than the guy next to you in the other house. How does that work? It's it's basically an income testing. They go, they go back and look at the last two to three years of income. And if you're over certain limits, you could pay two to three times as much more on your Medicare Part B as your neighbor. So the average person spends about 116 bucks a month on their Medicare Part B. You might be double that because yeah. your income's high. Our tax system is so broken in it's, the United States. It's ridiculous. I mean, you got everywhere from the earned income issue where if you don't make under a certain amount, you actually get paid, yeah. right, which is where H&R Block makes a lot of their money by people that – you know, kind of play that system, unfortunately. Um, it's it's a very distorted situation. That's why, you know, dealing with some of these issues that we have, we've got to fix the tax code before we can fix the budgets in this country. But the thing that you really need to figure out, too, when you go into retirement and you're looking at bulletproofing your retirement is what are you really going to spend the first five years? Because most of the people that I see retire spend more money yeah. in the first five years if they're really going to have an enjoyable retirement. That might be a good idea, though, because the first five to ten years of retirement, you're still young and healthy and spry. And mm-hmm. then the next ten years, you start losing some stuff. That's right. So do those dream things that you want to do sooner than later. Because, like, my mom, she's over 75, and she can't go to Egypt. She can't visit her grandkids. Like, she can't do any of that. Working an extra two to three years and letting your 401K grow and your employer match kick in can make such a huge difference on enjoying that first five to ten years of retirement, really how you want to enjoy it. Or, you know, Maybe take some time off, some sabbaticals, but really project your expenses, how you really want it to be. And don't forget about certain things, too, in your expenses, like a new car every five to ten years. Yeah. Um, and a lot of women that I'm seeing now because of the unemployment for college students um, and kids right out of high school is helping your family. A lot of people yeah. are having to change their retirement plan because their kids are depending on them. And moving back in. And uh, that's something that you have to think about, too. What are your family dynamics? Who are you going to have to help? I think from my retirement, I saw On Golden Pond. Did you ever see On Golden Pond? Oh, yeah. Henry Fonda. You old poop. I decided I don't <laughs> want to be old. Like, yeah. I, I kind of want to go out before me. I want my light to, f- to flicker. That was a movie that should have never made a second movie, On Golden Pond 2. Did they make an On Golden yeah, Pond 2? terrible. I saw the porn version, On Goldie Hawn. Not not very good. You might want to retract that last statement. <laughs> I swear it's true. Wow. Anything else that we need to know? CFP, Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You should spend less time on the internet. It wasn't an internet. This was beta. <laughs> I think it was Betamax. Oh, my gosh. Beta. Laser disc. That's no, okay. And for Did the, you invest in laser For the record, I never saw that. <laughs> I probably heard a late night comedian like Dave Letterman talking about it, and I probably stole it from him when I was a teenage boy. Okay. There you go. I never saw it, I swear. Sir? Yes. New car every five to ten years, is that realistic for seniors? Uh, usually it's about every ten years, but a lot of times people retire and they've had the same car, so it's a rotating thing. You've got to look at your car, your spouse's car, and actually project in there what year they're going to be replaced, um, kind of what the trade-in value is and what the value of the new car is, and project that cost in there. And also uh, other costs like maintaining the house, you know, if you're going to live in the same house for a long time, you're going to be putting back. a new roof on. You're going to be remodeling every 10 years, um, that type of thing. I don't know if a lot of seniors remodel every 10 years. I've been in their homes. I know With that said, it. it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
that chick, you know, the one who's got the big chest and the skinny waist and the long legs, Barbie, she had a horrible holiday. Maybe that will make you feel better that you don't have a, a dream home like her, that you don't have an awesome convertible like her, a wonderful boyfriend who's attentive and attends to you, or in your case, maybe a girlfriend. Uh, Mattel, the maker of Barbie dolls and Fisher-Price preschool toys, removed chairman and CEO Brian Stockton and warned sales would fall 6% this holiday season. Now, Mattel does a lot more than just plastic women. What else do they do? doesn't really matter, because Disney's hit movie, Frozen, is what the girls want. The iconic Barbie doll has fallen out of favor with young girls who are reaching for electronic toys, tablets, watches, like I said, dolls based on Frozen. Mattel estimated worldwide net sales fell to $1.99 billion in the quarter, hurt by a stronger dollar. Barbie sales have been falling for nearly three years, and other dolls, such as Monster High and American Girl, have failed to make up for her fading charm. Soon we're going to find Barbie in a truck stop in the middle of America with a lot of Avon makeup smeared across her face. It's a sad and tragic tale. Probably will be drinking, hitting the, the sauce a little bit too hard. Barbie held more than a quarter of the market for dolls in 2009 and accessories in the United States, but that's fallen to 19.6% in 2013. I think also part of it's kind of what's going on with McDonald's. You know how if you're 35 or older, you kind of grew up with McDonald's. You're like, ah, it's a it's a treat that I get twice a year. It's like, you know, when my wife gives me a, a back rub or a head rub, twice a year I get, I get you know, love in a sweet and pure and, like, she still loves me kind of way. Same thing with, you know, McDonald's. You eat it twice a year. That mentality of we now want healthier food, thank you Chipotle or Shake Shack or what have you, In-N-Out Burger, we now have that same kind of concept with toys. You know, what mom would take her kid now to McDonald's twice a week? That would You would probably get charged with child abuse. Now, I'm exaggerating, of course, but at the same time, that mentality is what mom would give their kids a Barbie doll. I don't even get the joy of a Barbie doll. When you take a look at Barbie, she's just stiff. Like, she, her legs don't bend. It's tough to sit her down. Anyway, not a good time to be Barbie these days. Well, that's dead. Out goes the CEO, because he can't live in a Barbie world. I'm Rob Black. So it's earning season, right? And part of earning season has us taking a look at uh, what's coming out of Wall Street, the S&P 500 companies. 
and saying, okay, you know, good quarter, bad quarter. And to be honest with you, it's been pretty bad so far. Now, we have the Super Bowl indicator to guide us on where the next leg up on the market is. Now, you're saying Super Bowl indicator. I've heard of this, I think. Stocks are down today, you know, ever so slightly. It's not that big of a story on a day-by-day basis. Uh, they just turn positive, just to give you an example. But as we're dealing with earnings season, you kind of get this rear-view mirror thing of like, okay, so far the numbers haven't been very good. You know, Greece is a bit of a problem. I'm not going to talk like this the whole show, am I? But this week we get Microsoft, Apple, we get Yahoo, we get Facebook, we get Shake Shack IPO. And at the end of the week, we're going to get the Super Bowl. Now, we all know that New England Patriots are cheating. We know that, just because that's what media says, and media never lies. Now, the Seahawks have a bit of a problem. Um, Golden Tate was sleeping with Russell Wilson's wife, or was he not? Got cut, got released, like some crazy stuff going on. But they don't have the receiving core that they should to win a Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl indicator that I want to bring up is really, really important because it is probably the dumbest indicator of what happens on Wall Street with the greatest amount of success. You can predict what's going to happen on Wall Street by measuring the length of women's skirts on any given year. As they get shorter, the market takes more risks and is more prepared to fall. As they get longer, it's more of a conservative world. People want to keep their jobs. But with 80% success rate, if the NFC team wins or a team that was considered part of the original NFL, it's good for the stock market. The stock market goes up 80% of the time when an NFC team wins. It could be the dumbest statistic of all time. It could be the dumbest prognosticator of all time, but it is what it is. Last year when the Seahawks won, the market was up 15%. The last time the stat failed was 2008 when the Patriots and their deflated balls lost the underdog Giants. Its stocks rose 39% anyway. Now, there's a lot of problems going with things like that. You can also look at the Super Bowl with more serious eye and what's it telling us about the economy. Companies advertising during this year's games, traditional advertisers are balking at paying $4.5 million for 30 seconds. Of the 11 car companies, and I love the company, that bought Super Bowl advertising and they bought it in one station like in Fargo, North Dakota, but they go out of their way to say, hey, we're a Super Bowl advertiser. Come see our our ad. They bought one station. So traditional companies are balking at ponying up so much money. Of the 11 car companies that advertised last year, six are to say no. In their place are 15 new advertisers, including a do-it-yourself webmaker. Loctite, a 53-year-old glue company. A glue company that's been around for 53 years and I've never heard of is advertising 
$4.5 million for 30 seconds, its entire ad budget. This is the most new advertisers since the dot-com Super Bowl of 2000. Suffice to say, it's a Hail Mary in the world of ad budgets. Advertising late 1990s and 2000s didn't do any more for companies like Just for Feet or PetSmart than last year's Radio Shack commercial did to save that company. Remember Radio Shack did a commercial last year where they brought all these like 80s heroes out, people like Hulk Hogan and MC Hammer, and they all went to the store. And the only thing I remember about it, it feels like they were stealing stuff from the store. And Radio Shack just has the wrong name for the 21st century. You know, radio? Really? Is that saying, come buy our cool tech products new? And then they did an ad where 80s heroes kind of invaded the store. So think Twisted Sister, think Hulk Hogan, think MC Hammer. That's right, Jack. Mr. T as well. I forgot, T was in the commercial. Uh, good job, T. Haven't seen you around since then, but that's is what it is. So the lesson here is that in the late 1990s and early 2000s, you saw things like E-Trade, one of the greatest commercials of all time. E-Trade did a commercial, and it had a monkey on a rocket and a stock chart next to it, and it, it was climbing up the stock chart, basically implying any monkey can, do that, can make money in the stock market. I haven't really heard from E-Trade since. So when capital's cheap enough for underfunded companies to think it's rational to spend their whole ad budget at Super Bowl, it's telling you there's a problem in the system. I think we're kind of there right now. I think we're overfunding some uh, apps, some social media. A year after the 2000.com Super Bowl, advertised for the big game was, you know, uh, it kind of popped. This isn't an investment thesis. But this is telling you that there's too much capital out there when the traditional companies, the Lincolns and the Fords, are cutting back and saying, you know what, too rich for our blood. And if someone wants to step up a glue company or a dot-com company or, you know, a food delivery company, you new service people, good luck to you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 
1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. It's going to be a challenging week, to say the least. We've got a lot of economic data, including a look at fourth quarter GDP in the United States. We'll get the Federal Reserve having a couple day meeting with some new notes coming out, directive. You've got Greece and what's happening in their economy. Will they exit the European Union? No one really thinks so. Will they be able to get some of their debt renegotiated at friendlier terms, written off, forgotten? No one really seems to think so. Which are you going to do this week? Are you going to go to the Super Bowl or are you going to go to a Super Bowl party? I have absolutely no respect for anyone who goes to the Super Bowl. First and foremost, football is a game that's better on television than in person. Okay, so you've been a lifelong Seahawks fan. I don't believe you. No one is a lifelong Seahawks fan. There is a Seahawks bandwagon that people have jumped on, but no one is a lifelong Seahawks fan. Do you know the average price for the Super Bowl tickets? $6,000. Average price. Now, cheapest tickets are north of $3,000. I think we should have some sort of national registry that when it comes to retirement, you don't get Social Security and you don't get um, benefits if you've ever been to a Super Bowl. That we start taking away privileges from people in large part based on the stupidity of their spending decisions when they were younger. I think we should brand them and I think we should put them in camps. Okay, maybe I'm kidding just a bit, but you get the idea. We are economically a stupid, foolish, spending nation. $6,000. I know a kicking Super Bowl party. Did you hear about the parties going on in San Francisco? SEX sex parties. Where you get an app when you come into the party and you pick partners that you want to have SEX with. My Super Bowl party won't be that good that I go to, I guarantee you. Mine will be lucky if they have chicken wings. Which That's 130% true. Never eat someone else's chicken wings. It is so disgusting to see someone pick up someone else's wing. Like, I just want to vomit right now thinking about it. And when I think about vomit, I think about CFP Chad Burton. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. Mr. Burton, here comes another email question for you. If I'm in my, and it comes from Sarah, if I'm in my late 20s, I almost have a full year of expenses and savings, and my savings checking retirement is almost at 100000 what should I be focusing on next? So Sarah has 100000 in her savings, plus she's got a year saved up? It sounds like she's got a 401k with 100000 Ah, okay. All right. And she's got a year of expenses. You got an age on this girl? Phone number? Pushing 30. She's in her <laughs> late 20s. She currently contributes job. Contributes 15% of her salary to her 401k. With Sarah's eight, been listening. With an 8% match. She saves $700 a month into savings. What's her next? Oh, her next financial goal, she says, I want to buy a house. But 
I guess she's asking, uh, what else should she be thinking about? Well, so, Sarah, if you're a high-income earner and you can't do a Roth, we'll talk about that for a minute. Let's say if you're eligible for a Roth. Okay. That's she, the, actually, that, I, I know her. I met her at the seminar the other day. Okay. So she, she eligible for a Roth, Rob? Yeah, she makes about 60. Her boyfriend makes about 80. Okay. So, so yeah, they're they're under the well, – if they're not married, it's just based on her income. So she's fine. So I'd still continue to fund a Roth IRA because if her goal is to save for the first house, I mean, you know, you can 5% down in the Bay Area, get a 5% down loan. Good luck with that. Still even a 5% on a Bay Area home. She's got a while. Most houses are uh... – Going up for cash. Yeah. So if you're, if you're coming in with 5%, you're not going to be considered. You know, unless, at that age, 60, you live in the ghetto. 60, the ghetto, yeah. 60,000 of income. I mean, you don't have to own the house that you live in. You could go buy a rental property somewhere else um, where somebody you know lives, some real estate agent in a great upcoming area somewhere in the Northwest. Or I don't know. You used to like Carolina, North Carolina for? I like college towns. College like towns? Raleigh's fine. Yeah. Think about college towns. You ever get. Uh, Bad renters or party animals in your in your homes? Um, no, but I can see how it could happen. Yes, yeah, so you just got to be careful. You, I use a management good company. property manager, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing is I don't see how you would afford to buy a Bay Area home in a nice area with sixty thousand dollars of income. It's not going to happen. Right. So, be a renter. Don't be ashamed of it. As long as, especially as long as you're saving fifteen to twenty percent of your pay, like Sarah's doing. Yeah. I think that a Roth IRA growing tax-free in the stock market over 20 years will probably beat that real estate. And you know, people say, well, my Bay Area home has doubled over the last 10 years, 15 years. So is the stock market over the last five or six from the bottom. And over the last 100 years, it's averaged 11% without property taxes, without maintenance, without remodeling. You know, eh, you know remodeling a portfolio is a quarterly rebalance, right? right? It's not tearing out all your kitchen appliances every 10 years. So, um, which I seem to be doing every like three. <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong with my kitchen appliances. You're a crazy cooker. I don't know. You're, you go bam all the time, just throwing stuff in the pan. <laughs> I did do a little bit of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, do the Roth IRA because in a Roth IRA, if you're funding the Roth IRA, it's going to grow tax-free for your retirement, right? But if you ever decide to buy a house, you can always take your contributions out without paying taxes on those contributions. Okay. If you're under 59 and a half, you're going to pay taxes plus a penalty on the gains. Right. Um, so you can always get the contributions back out. So definitely continue to max out that Roth IRA. Okay. Um, and then continue to save in very tax-efficient mutual funds. So that would mean that your taxable account, after you've maxed your Roth IRA, you'd be wanting to do invest in large-cap and mid-cap index ETFs or mutual funds, no-load mutual funds, which means that in your 401k at work, that's where you'd have all the other assets, your small cap, your emerging market. So you've got to start balancing your asset location. So you look at your overall asset allocation and say, okay, I want my taxable accounts to be my large cap, mid cap, longer term hold, tax managed uh, ETFs or no load mutual funds. And then, like I said, everything else in your retirement accounts, your REITs, your small cap, your emerging markets, all that kind of stuff there. So uh, she just has to be careful where she's accumulating different types of assets to keep her taxes low. And just continuing to save. And who knows, maybe in five, ten years, she'll have enough money to buy that Bay Area home. Okay. Um, thanks very much for that. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Um, 
Starbucks is really expensive, but people have figured out ways to like get their coffee fix and their caffeine fix cheaper. One of the ones that I like a lot is the iced tea hack, which is the iced tea blends are one of the more affordable beverages on the menu, but there's still a big way to save on them. Instead of ordering a tall passion tea for buck ninety-five, you can ask for a passion tea bag with a cup of ice water, and they'll charge you just thirty cents for the tea bag, saves you a buck sixty-five. Give it five to ten minutes for the tea bag to do its work and taste just the same as the pre-made blend in the, their pitchers. Like, um, people throw money away. You shouldn't. I'm Rob Black because I love money. If I could marry like a crisp fifty-dollar bill, it'd be Mr. and Mrs. Fifty-dollar bill, or Mr. And Mrs. Black. Would I make the dollar bill take my name? Is it a dollar bill feminine or not? Anyway. Money, 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 money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. You should have heard what we were talking about during the commercials. That's one of the reasons why you should come to events that we do, because uh, kind of get a little bit more freedom of speech when I'm uh, at a live event. Um, airlines are canceling 3,500 flights ahead of the storm on the East Coast Sea Line shoreline uh, that's expected to hit later today. I tend to love that. I miss that about living on the East Coast. People would panic and go get bread. Now, you know what people are actually panicking and going getting? Because they're expected up to two feet of snow in New York City. They're getting Craigslist boyfriends or girlfriends. I'll let you do the imagination behind that one. 800 all things financial money invested in more. Let's talk a little real estate. Joining me now, Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Let's talk the idea of investment real estate. A lot of people own their home now, and they're thinking, you know, rates are still low. Maybe I should take advantage and attach my, you know, monthly payment or my, my, in three, Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Rates have been incredibly low for an incredibly long period of time, and a lot of people own their home. They're sitting there with their husband and spouse thinking, maybe I should get an investment property, you know, take advantage of these low rates. They're going to be higher than the home that you occupy, but they're still pretty historically low on, you know, vacation properties. What's what do you see as far as vacation properties come and go? Do people come to your office and say, hey, I'm looking to buy in Tahoe, or can you help me out with a loan in a place in Hawaii? Not as often as somebody coming in saying, I want to buy 
a duplex, triplex, or fourplex okay. um, in the Bay Area, especially. Uh, unfortunately, it's it, as prices have gone up, you need more and more down payment in order for that to cash flow. Yes, the interest rates help, but it's really about that 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 rate of return that you're going to get on that investment that you put in the property, uh, and rents are up too. So you know, it's it's a good combination for an investor. That's why a lot of foreign investors are coming and buying properties here in the, in the Bay Area in cash. Lots of purchases are still done in cash. Almost twenty over twenty percent are done here in the Bay Area in cash. Okay. Uh, and a lot of those are investors. Yes, they've fallen off some, and large institutions have stopped buying large blocks of, of properties and investment properties across the United States, but it's still very active. Um, what, what we see more often is an investor coming in trying to fix their situation that they already have. Um, they're, oh, the interest rates are low. I wanna, you know, I, I'm stuck in an arm or I'm stuck in a, in a property that's upside down, and they, they're stuck in this property, and it may not be cash flowing because they can't take advantage of the low interest rates. Um, and then we see the people that are also looking to buy more investment property or take money out of their property as their, their, their owner-occupied property, taking that money out and buying a property somewhere else or, or fix, helping them fix a loan on an investment property. That's something that we've been seeing more often, too, is some people taking money out of their house, putting money into an investment property so they can get the, 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 what the, an acceptable loan-to-value or the percentage of equity where they can refinance the property into the low rates and look at a good rate of return on that. It's, it's all about the shuffling the money around and taking advantage of those low rates. So we're seeing a combination of those types of, of people coming in, not as much in the vacation homes yet. You know, We're still looking for more people to say uh, we're looking to go v- vacate. We're looking to take that holiday and, and, and go up to Tahoe. Um, but uh, the, the, those deals are almost all gone now with the, the low cheap prices. So it's it's kind of correlates with needing to put a capital investment into that property in order to, to for it to cash flow. Yeah. Now it's interesting because um, a lot of vacation properties, like you just mentioned, you know, some people want an investment property where renters are in it. Some people want a vacation property where they can use it a couple months of the year, a couple weeks of the year, and then try to get you know vacationers to cover the cost for the rest of the year. Um, that's not as easy because typically there's places like Tahoe and Hawaii. Um, a lot of the properties there are vacation properties, mm-hmm. so you're competing against a lot of other people, whereas you have a situation where people need to be close to jobs. And if you're close to a job, you're going to be able to rent your apartment pretty darn easily in the Bay Area. And there's no doubt that there's uh, a certain market for that type of property, um, and, and it's, becoming, it's coming back more often, but the home prices have come up as well. So you, it's it's all it's. I think a vacation home is, is a luxury item when it comes to investing in, in real estate. I would rather get a an investment property where somebody would rent full time on a yearly basis, yearly or two year contracts, that I can count on a certain amount of money coming in every month, cash flow positive, and somebody else is paying for your mortgage. You look at the rate of return on the investment that you put into the property, and if it makes sense, it makes sense. If you have to move farther away from where you're at, you have to start looking at property management. You have to start looking at you know, out of state possibly, um, which I, I think is crazy taking money out of the state. There's plenty of places in California where you can you can take money out of your property or, or out of your bank and buy a property, have it cash flow without going to Texas or going to Kansas City or Boise, Idaho. Or, or I'd rather go to Reno yeah. or I wouldn't go to Vegas, but people are still taking money. And there's plenty of people that are advertising to, to do this. They're primarily looking for your transaction on that that primary residence because that's a larger mortgage and they probably can't do the, 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 the transaction out of state. They're probably referring that off. And if they aren't, then it's their double dipping. Um, nothing wrong with that, but I don't like taking money out of the state for investment. 
Yeah, money out of state. And a lot of people think, you know, California real estate is the rules of investing, and that applies to every other state or county in the country, but it's not. Um, some homes are priced at $150,000 in North Carolina. <clears throat> That'll be $150,000 in 10 years from now. They'll, they'll have renters in them for 10 years, but you're not going to see price appreciation because there's nothing but land. Yeah. There's I think so that's one of the biggest mistakes that, that people who buy investment property make, and, and that is that they, they're looking for that, that double benefit, and that one, the return on their investment, which is their rents, and two, they want price appreciation. But if you're not putting a ton of money into that property and you're not buying it in a quality area, you're not going to get both. You're going to get one or the other. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him online at com. That's com. And I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the uh, interesting headlines coming out of the Super Bowl so far is that YouTube has made a relationship with the NFL just days before the big battle between the Seahawks and the Patriots. The NFL has revealed an expansive, expansive partnership with YouTube and its parent, Google. Um, going to create an official NFL channel on the platform, and they're going to provide a weekly programming schedule of NFL content. U.S. economy continues to look stronger and stronger. Businesses are borrowing money. That's one of the things that I'm seeing out there. Mattel CEO is resigning in large part because the toy maker is missing expectations. Um, down goes another old gray man to Barbie. She is a CEO killer. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Odd thing to say, as far as a financial advice show goes, but teach your kids how to say thank you. Have them send out thank you cards for gifts, whether it be for holidays and or their birthdays. Have them say thank you to their coach who teaches them soccer on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I don't think you have to make every person in your life get a gift because they gave you a gift, but teach your kids how to network by saying thank you. Pre-printed card's fine, but add a line or two to that card. Make it a pleasant experience for everyone. Keep it timely. I think it's one of the worst things that I see. Like, I try to coach some soccer and I just see you know parents drop their kids off and get on their cell phones and 
after the match, no one goes up to the coaches and says thank you. Odd thing to say out loud, I know. But how you get successful in life, one of the things you need to do is network. Most people worry about having enough money in retirement, but you can roll up a substantial nest egg, even if you don't make a lot of money during your working years. The key is to budget and start early in life. Save it aggressively during your peak earning years and invest your money wisely and diversely. If I didn't save enough money for retirement, I'm going to delay taking Social Security because that's a way of getting a higher payment. I was talking to a life insurance agent recently, and he said, you're going to live, tables have you living to 80 to 85. I'm like, whoa. He said, but if you lose another 10 pounds, it jumps to 85 to 87. I'm like, whoa. Some folks are overwhelmed by the idea of trying to save. And I want you not to be. Um, I don't want you to retire sooner than later. I want you to delay until you have enough. If you're a 20-something, you want to develop healthy financial habits. You want to learn how to budget. You want to learn how to spend less than you earn. You want to avoid putting anything on credit cards that is not paid off every month. That will start you on a healthy road to savings throughout your lifetime. Once you have a little bit of that free money from your budgeting, you start upping your percentages into a 401k. If you want to start with 5% and the next year do 6%, the next year do 7%, that's fine. But the earlier, the better. I think in we should try to encourage parents to give their young children a leg up. Most of the younger people out there um, that I've met that are doing financially well, you know, they've basically got something from their parents, whether it be help with living expenses or college debt, whether it be saving for a home. Um, I don't think parents should give up their own funding of retirement to do those things but I know that some parents do. When you become a 30-something, you definitely want to budget. You want to allocate, you know, 50% of your income to living expenses, 30% of your income to taxes, and up to 20% into savings. So take your salary, cut it in half. Take your gross, cut it in half, net, cut it in half. Start working with something. It doesn't have to be right. But you need to start seeing, like, I can't spend too much on living. Because then I'm going to get into tax troubles or I'm going to get into savings troubles. Uh, if you can save 20%, great. If you can save 15%, okay. If you're not saving at least 10%, you're probably going to work till the day you die. If you're not doing this in your 30s. So I want you to start taking your retirement seriously in your 30s. I want it automatically deducted from your paycheck if you have a 401k and or automatically deducted from your bank account if you don't. I think you should save the max in your plan and don't worry about market volatility. In your 30s, <clears throat> you should be worrying about how drunk you're going to get at the Super Bowl party this weekend, and how you can get a ride home safely. And 
again, don't get so drunk that you're so you get the munchies and you decide to like eat used buffalo wings. Which I think is a great business idea if anyone wants to start it with me. Pre chewed buffalo wings. For those of you who don't really want to take the time chewing. In your forties, you want to save aggressively. A lot of people in their 40s are headed toward the peak period for earning and saving. Now, some people have kids in their 20s, some kids have kids in their 30s. Right around 40, you're probably not going to be having kids. Maybe, maybe. But this is a time where you should have a, a rake. And I try not to speak in ridiculously stupid terms like buckets of money. But if I were, it'd be a money rake. In your 40s, this is the time where you should be saving a hell of a lot of money. As I say in the bedroom, it's business time. Oh yeah, it's business time in your 40s. You should be thinking about accumulation. You should meet with someone who knows a little something about money. I would stay away from insurance agents. I would stay away from stockbrokers. If you want a good book recommendation, let me know on some of the basics that you need. I've got a couple of uh, handouts that I have if you want to like see some of the basics of where you should be, how you should be saving. But you know you kind of need a financial plan at this point in time because now you've worked half your life from 20 to 40. Now the clock is ticking. It's the 60 minutes ticker. No, time is ticking it in your 40s. <clears throat> Um, I sadly know people who've died in their 40s, and they weren't financially prepared for the worst-case scenario. So in your 40s, you want to have the disability insurance. You definitely want to start getting some life insurance if you've avoided it. You don't need it for your whole life. Real estate agents, well, not real estate agents, but insurance agents who sell you whole life insurance um, are making them themselves money and hurting you. You know, I told you my life expectancy is 80 to 85 right now. When I'm 85 and I die, I hope no one that I know needs my money. I've done something terribly, terribly wrong if I need life insurance to cover my debts. So you don't need whole life insurance. You don't need variable life insurance. The insurance agent's going to sell it to you and say something like, hey, look, you get a rate of return. It's your money. You could use it. Blah, blah. Like, no. Get term life. When you're 40, get it for 20 years, roughly. That'll take you to 60. And then, you know, <clears throat> at that point in time, you don't need life insurance anymore. If you've maxed out your 401k, you've saved 10 to 20% of your salary. If you've lived with a budget, you don't need a big nest egg of insurance because you've created a big nest egg of assets and, and liquid assets. In your 40s, you really want to, you know, start focusing on smart, being smart. Best way to invest, quote unquote, being smart, is low, go after low cost index funds, exchange traded funds, accumulate them in a diversified manner. And then in about 20 years from now, you're going to want to work with a financial planner to make sure, okay, I saved 400,000. Is that enough? I saved 600,000. Is that enough? Or should I work another five years and try to get that up to a million? Because when you have $600,000 invested and you get 10% return on the markets like we got last year, 600 becomes 660 and you did nothing. 
or if you get a 30% return like we got two years ago, 600000 you know, will jump up to 800000 and you did nothing. Other than be your good-looking, typical self. You need to figure out how much you're going to need to maintain your lifestyle in your golden years. Uh, I hope that's a real powerful motivator. I used to say things like, yeah, you don't really want to sit around and eat cat food in your retirement years. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Maybe you're that weird freak who likes cat food. Um, so max, you should be maxing out at that point in time your savings for retirement. When you're 50 or older, you want to save as much as you can to make up for the years when you weren't able to save enough. 20%, 30%, whatever it is. When you're in your 50s and older, you need to start thinking about when am I going to take Social Security. If your nest egg's on the small side, a million dollars will create you about $40,000 a year in income. Social Security will get you basically a push. It's not going to be very much, maybe $1,000 a month after you pay for medical costs. So if you can live off $12,000, you don't need a nest egg. I can't live off $12,000 a year. But one of the best things you can do if you haven't saved enough for retirement is to work as long as you can. Try to keep money coming in before you turn off the working years and decide that you want a garden. I know two people that one of them went into retirement with no plan, and now he's become a hoarder because he's freaked out about no money coming in. So now he goes around and gets bottles and used mattresses and... It's disgusting. Anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. seems to be the flimmiest month of the year for me. It's the most flimmiest time of the year. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I hope that you do not get intimidated with money issues. I find it sad when people do. I think it's pretty easy for you to learn how to save for retirement. Uh, and I think it's very difficult to implement. A lot of people basically become their own worst enemy. They try to buy stocks. Most individuals shouldn't buy stocks. You're going to be in over your head. 
And I know that sounds like, like really insulting because you're like, well, I saw a monkey on an E-Trade commercial that could do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monkeys on E-Trade commercials can do it. Doesn't mean you can. I find a lot of people think that they could be great investors and think that they are. In reality, when you test the results, they're not. No one saw Russia invading Ukraine as a big story at the start of 2014. It wasn't on our radars. No one saw the latter half of 2014, beginning of 2015, oil falling 60%. And that's why you shouldn't be trying to do individual stocks. I jokingly have a friend who I love and who I adore. His name's Art. And uh, he came to me when oil was at $70 a barrel, and it had just gone from 80 to 70 Maybe it was more like 65 And he said, what oil stock should I get? I go, I don't know, dude. I don't think you should be at individual stocks is what's in my head, but he wants to be. I'm like, I, I think oil's got some downside. When you're the guy coming to me, saying, I watch a little CNBC, I got game, you ain't got game. When you know it's a good thing to do, it's probably not a very good thing to do in any way, shape, or form. I'd so much rather the average person buy Nike or Starbucks or Disney and quit trying to be, you know, that guy from that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio who turned a little bit of money into a lot of money. Please don't. Buy something like a Norfolk Southern, a train company. Train companies were around when you were a little kid, and you heard about them. Like in the game Monopoly, they have spaces for trains. Because in Monopoly, the whole goal is to get the most money and win. Bank of Hawaii is going to report earnings today. Uh, I'm interested in that one. Do you know why? Because they don't have a lot of competition on that island. Not a lot of banks called Bank of Hawaii. A um, couple other ones that are coming public today. Microsoft reports today. So I'm in for a, a rough week. I'm going to be honest with you. It's too too much earnings season for me. And usually by Friday, you know, I'm so strung out like from conference calls that over the weekend I just literally turned into a, a pile of mush. People walk by and just goes, didn't this guy used to have bones? Why is he all mushy now? Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's true. Pfizer's going to report earnings tomorrow. And what's interesting about Pfizer, they've got 33 to $36 billion in cash. It's not, it's a big company, but that's a lot of cash. Tomorrow night, Electronic Arts reports numbers. I don't care about them. Ethan Allen, I do care about, because knowing what people are spending on furniture for businesses tells me a little something. Um, but you know who also reports tomorrow? Apple. And that's going to be one a lot of people pay attention to. In large part, we want to blow out... 
Did you see the deal Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer signed with uh, the Washington Nationals? And he's not even a lefty. There's something to be said for lefties. Things are bad in Texas right now. So Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. Right, right, right. Um, oil struggling. And uh rest of the United States is kind of rocking, though. Later this week, we're going to get a look at fourth quarter GDP in the United States. How good was it? And uh, we're going to pay a lot of attention to that. President Barack Obama is in India, opened up some more trade doors. I like that. I, I think free trade is the way to go. Or freer trade, especially if a nation doesn't you know, stab you in the back during the process. Um, multiple oil-related customers have sent letters to suppliers saying they expect 25% price reductions. If low oil prices continue, we're going to see a significant drop off in businesses in Texas. And that's important. You know, Texas is a big state. I know you don't like it. They do carry guns. Um, but we do want to pay attention to Texas because on one hand, I'm saying our economy is doing great. And that should be an expansion of the economy. Expansion of the economy should be expansion of the stock market. But if there's flags out there like Texas, don't ignore them. Pay attention to them. See what they're telling you. You can ignore Greece. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.